Syracuse, New York branch class. My name is Peggy Trevison and I will be your moderator for this lecture. Now this is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organizations. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational religious and scientific research organization that is dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in 1958. Since that time, we have established branch schools across the United States, Canada, and other foreign countries. The Syracuse branch was established in 1969. At this time, I'd like to acknowledge the Dean of Syracuse branch, Dr. Patrick Trevison, and our president, Dr. Uh, Robert Welch. Now in this school and throughout the lecture this evening, we'll be using a true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word of Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. This has been um, an accurately substituted with the title Lord for the word or son use the divine title Elohim. This has been improperly substituted with the title God and the name of the Holy Spirit manifesting in or out of a physical body is Yahshua the Messiah. This has been improperly substituted with Jesus Christ. Now Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul filled with the Holy Spirit tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. And we now know each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title, which means that Elohim is the title that your creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it's an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into encyclopedia dictionary would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language contain any character or letter in their alphabet that would produce a sound that is made by the letter J. Neither was there a J in the English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah. Therefore, making such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible in untrue renderings of the true name of the Father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Now, Yahweh, our Heavenly Father, is pure spirit. And in his pure spirit state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on one of our charts as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. And on this chart, we have the cloud drawn all the way around the edges of the chart so that everything on that chart abides within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. And Yahweh, knowing that man cannot perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being. That is, having shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This visionary shape and form can only be seen by divine vision 
and is only understood by divine revelation. Later on, the self-same spirit manifests himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua Messiah, whom the world has come to know as Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? You can get a better understanding of this name and title by reading a preface to a Holy Name Bible. Now, also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. We call it a divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the wilderness of Sinai, he then called Moses on top of Mount Sinai and revealed this tabernacle pattern to him in a vision. Moses was instructed to return to the wilderness of Sinai and build one exactly as he, as he has seen in the mount. This tabernacle pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments making up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof how that everything is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. In this school, we have 10 primary constitutional aims or objectives, and they are as follows. First is to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third is to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern, both practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known, to, to make known from the beginning that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby we man, man can be saved saving the name of Yahshua Messiah. Tenth is to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the newer state. The watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. This time I'd like to have the meeting dedicated with a prayer by Dr. Linda Volpe from our Oceanside, California class. Our scripture reader reading this evening is Ephesians, the first chapter which will be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside, California branch class. And our readers this evening are Dr. Roxanne Rousseau, Green Bay class, and Dr. Sharon Welch, our Syracuse class. Hi, am I coming through? Yep, I can hear you. Hi, everyone. We wanna bow our hearts and minds unto our heavenly father, Yashua. We wanna thank him 
from the bottom of our heart and mind, for, uh, thank him for bringing us into this glorious gospel to hear the preaching, the true preaching of the gospel and the true thoughts of our creator that he's imparting to man. And we thank him for the stability that this gospel has given us and that we know that he's got everything under control. He's running the purpose and nothing's happenstance. Pardon me? Oh. Uh, and, and, and also we wanna thank him for everything that he's given us and all the spiritual gifts and keeping us coming and learning. And every time he shows us something new, it's from our father. And especially with what's going on in this world right now, um, we just are so thankful that he's keeping our head on straight. And we know that he's got our back and he's taking care of us and that these things are going to happen in these end times and to be prepared for it. And wisdom and knowledge is the stability of, of times and strength of our salvation. And uh, we just thank him for the brethren, thank him for these Zoom classes, thank him for uh, all the great teachers and that revealed his purpose and um, that it's like an endless well of living water. With all these uh, gifts, let us all say hallelujah. 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 Good evening, class. Tonight I'll be reading Ephesians, the first chapter from the Holy Name Bible. Saul, an apostle of Yahshua the Messiah, by the will of Yahweh, to the sons which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Yahshua the Messiah. Grace be to you and peace from Yahweh our Father, and from our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Blessed be Yahweh the Father of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in the Messiah according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Yahshua the Messiah to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in the Messiah, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in the Messiah, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after that ye believed, 
ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Savior, Yahshua, and love unto all the sons, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the El of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the sons, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in the Messiah when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under things to the assembly, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Ephesians, the first chapter. And for our first speaker this evening, I'd like to introduce Dr. Rhonda Brazil from our Southfield, Michigan class. Good evening, everyone. Hey, Rhonda. I am glad to be able to join you. Um, there are so many distractions in the world. There's so much going on. Mm -hmm. it's, it's as if things are being sped up. There's not enough hours in the day. And through all this, Yahweh has allowed us to maintain peace and joy and righteousness, which is the kingdom. And we've been translated into that kingdom. And I've meditated about this a lot more. Um, because of what it is that's going on in this world, we, we see that Yahweh's bringing it to a conclusion. We've heard this for so long. And perhaps we've thought, yeah, I know, <laughs> but I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do the other. And we've not been focusing, maybe I should just talk about myself, not been focusing on the fact that Yahweh is bringing this creation to a close mm -hmm. and being mindful of where your mind is in these things, where your heart is in these things. There's so much going on. We are grateful that Yahweh has delivered this divine vision and revelation to us because without it, there is no way we could understand anything about our Heavenly Father. 
this vision delivered the unadulterated truth about Yahweh to us so that we can learn, know, and understand something about him for surety. I want to go back to the scripture lesson and start there. Ephesians, the first chapter. If I'm not mistaken, this is Paul writing to the assembly in Ephesus. Mm -hmm. And he talks in another place about having fought with beasts at Ephesus. So he came mm -hmm. against a lot of persecution here. Mm -hmm. Let's let's read again what his um, instruction to the assembly was. Ephesians one and go ahead, turn. Mm -hmm. Ephesians one and one. Paul, an apostle of Yahshua the Messiah, by the will of Yahweh, to the sons which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Yahshua the Messiah. Grace be to you in peace from Yahweh our Father and from our Master Yahshua the Messiah. Blessed be Yahweh the Father of our Master Yahshua the Messiah, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in the Messiah, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Yahshua the Messiah to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, can you stop right there? And I want you to go over to John the 17th chapter and get... Um, this same train of thought from Yahshua, the Messiah. Start at John 17 and 1. You can start there. John 17 and 1. Mm -hmm. These words spake Yahshua and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, thy, glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. Mm-hmm. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true Elohim and Yahshua whom thou hast sent. Right. Keep going. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me, which with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Mm -hmm. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Right. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. That's right. Now, that's the point that Yahshua is making about the ones that Yahweh gave to him. Uh, keep reading a couple verses more. Seven. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. Right. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but now, for them. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish that verse. I'm sorry. I pray not for the world, but for mm -hmm. them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. That's right. Now, Yahweh was, Yahweh fashioned the assembly for Yahshua the same way that he fashioned the woman in the beginning, a help fit for him. That's what meat means in the Bible that he made. If you go back to Genesis, just for a second, we want to verify that these things are in the scriptures this way. So if you go to Genesis, where he mm -hmm. says that the man is alone and will make him a help meet for him. Mm, that would be two, I think. Yeah, uh -huh. two and... Twenty-one? Eighteen. Yep. Yep, two and, two and eighteen. And Yahweh Elohim said... It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Mm -hmm. And out now of the ground. Go ahead. Go ahead. What were you saying about out of the ground? And out of the ground, Yahweh Elohim formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Mm-hmm. Now, and they, go ahead. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. There wasn't anything suitable for Adam from the dust of the ground. Mm -hmm. Any of the beasts of the field, any of the creeping things he made, it was nothing suitable for him. Hmm. What Yahweh had to do was fashion a help fit for him right from his own body. Mm -hmm. This that Yahweh is doing is setting up an example for us hmm. to look at. I want you to go over to Colossians 1 and 12. And could you start up a little bit, a little further up than 12? Like at, I don't know, let me see. Nine uh, or 10. Mm. <laughs> three. I'm sorry. Three. Always, might as well start at one and read down. Okay. Colossians one and one. Paul, an apostle of Yahshua by the will of Yahweh and Timothy, our brother, to the sons and faithful brethren in Yahshua, which are at Coloss, grace be unto you and peace from Yahweh, our father and Yahshua. We give thanks to Yahweh and the father of our savior, Yahshua, praying always for you. Since, since we heard of your faith in Yahshua and of the love which ye have to all the sons, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, 
which has come onto you as it is as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of Yahweh in truth. And ye also learned of Ephorus, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Yahshua, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of, all, of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of Yahshua unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of Elohim, Strength, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the sons in light, who hath delivered us right. the Thank you. of darkness. Yeah. And hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That is the assembly. That is the body of Yahshua Messiah. Can you find that scripture that talks about the assembly being the body? Mm -hmm. I think I know where it is. Ephesians, second chapter, verse 22, King James Version, 22 and 23. Oh, that, is, that is so ironic because what I wanted to do was read down into Ephesians, second chapter. That's where it is. Mm. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Because the assembly is the body of Yahshua the Messiah. And Yahshua gave himself for the assembly that he might present it a perfect chaste virgin. And I remember when I thought about that, when I was learning that, when I was in, in class uh, as a younger person. And I wondered about how Yahweh would take us. And I remember Dave Willicott said on the floor of the convention, said that when Yahweh brought us into class, he took a bite out of crime. Because <laughs> we weren't the, we weren't the um, you know, um, people of, of um, repute and people of, of high standing that you would think would be part mm -hmm. of the kingdom. He, um, and he, he has always done it that way. He took the base things of the world to confound the mighty. He took the things that are not to confound and, and to um, bring to naught the things that are. You see, that people think something mm -hmm. about. Um, and the power of Yahweh is manifested with that and that the expectation is that it has to be if it's of god it has to be something of of uh, of high uh repute and letters behind your name and men that are looked up to or women that are looked up to or you know just people of standing or some sort of you know uh status but what yahweh did is that he fashioned this body fit for him 
through the preaching of the gospel, which transforms or makes them a new creature unto him. Like Yahweh took of that rib, which is the bone of the man, and that womb, which was the flesh of the man, and fashioned the woman specifically from his body, such that Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This is my body. So read that in Ephesians. Do you know what verse it is? Do you want to start it at one? 22 and 23, King James Version. Yes, go down to 22. Go down to 22 and 23. Ephesians. I don't have 23. I don't either. I have 21 and 22. I think that's it. Okay, does it talk about... Okay. You joined together. You, okay. You could try Colossians 124. Okay. Colossians 124. Colossians 124, we now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of the Messiah in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the assembly, right. whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of Yahweh, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of Yahweh. You know where it is? It's Ephesians 1 and 22, too. <laughs> it's it's right true. there. Right there in the very chapter. I knew it was, you know. Well, anyway, Ephesians 1, 22. Ephesians 1, 22, And has yeah. put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the assembly, which right. is his body, the fullness right. of him that filleth all in all. That's right. The, the assembly or the church, as it says in the King James Version, is mm -hmm. his body. So mm -hmm. as you have one body, you, you don't have multiple bodies. You have one body and one head. And that body mm -hmm. follows that one head. As Adam and Eve were one body and Yahweh separated the sexes, but Adam said she, even being drawn out from him, was bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. That was his body. Mm -hmm. And as that connection between Adam and Eve was so strong, the love that he had for his body, for his assembly, for his bride, he was willing to die for her. So did Yahshua come in and fulfill what he was illustrating with Adam. And as he said through David, I think it was Solomon actually, said love is as strong as death. He loved her so much that he died. So did mm -hmm. Yahshua the Messiah love the assembly that he gave his life for the assembly. Mm -hmm. 
Now that assembly, just like that back with Adam, was specially fashioned for him. That's what Yahshua's talking about when he's saying that in John the 17th chapter. These are the ones that was given to me. You have given me these out of the world. So that Yahshua was not choosing people by happenstance. These were the ones that were ordained to be with him from the foundation of the world. Excuse me a moment. The cough. So now, going back to the scripture lesson, so that we have clear what Yahshua is saying by the Holy Spirit through Paul, that we were predestinated. You understand? Mm-hmm. Get, get that again. If he just one in, is it nine? One no. five. Okay, go to five. You read down. Ephesians 1 and 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Yahshua to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. That's the good pleasure of Yahweh's will is that you've been been made that body or that assembly, his good pleasure to do it that way. Mm -hmm. That's what Yahweh decided to do it that way. And Yahweh throughout the scriptures has made this kind of thing apparent. When he caught Abraham out of the land of Ur and the Chaldees and selected him to be the father of many nations. And when that progeny after Abraham was bearing seed, like Yahshua said it would, coming from his body and his wife's body who were dead and well beyond childbearing ages but Yahweh purposed this this is what it means to be called in that assembly Yahweh purposed it he's going to fashion that assembly so he fashioned it out of Abraham and Sarah's dead womb Mm -hmm. he fashioned these particular people to serve him So even when the progeny was producing their seed, I'm talking about Isaac and Rebekah, there was Esau and Jacob in her womb. And Yahweh already determined who he was going to work through. And he said, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. They are two unborn yet unborn children. And this gets into things that people are uncomfortable looking at. But we didn't write this story. As it said there in that scripture we just read, this was to his good pleasure. This was not according to our democratic election, but to his spiritual election. He elected that it would be Jacob the younger, and that the elder Esau would serve the younger. 
And you read those stories, you read about Esau and Jacob, and you read, I remember when I read about Jacob and what he did to Esau and stealing the birthright, that's what I thought. See, that's my thoughts. Mm. That's my thoughts. Mm. And when Esau cried to his father, I mean, I felt that pain. I was like, how could he do that to <laughs> his brother? Mm -hmm. But see what Yahweh did, like he was saying, and I think it was in the scripture lesson, about he having appointed them, having anointed them, that no one's going to lay any charge to those that he's chosen, that he's, his elect. So what Yahweh did was he gave in each of them the disposition or the heart to do what they did. Jacob sought the birthright. He was the younger, but he wanted that blessing of his father. I didn't look at it that way when I was younger. You know, I thought Jacob is the, the bad one to do that to Esau that way. But he put in his heart the desire to have the blessing of the father the birthright. And in doing that, he put in Esau the fact that he wouldn't care at all about the blessing of the father. He didn't regard it as anything. When it came to feeding or satisfying his belly, that belly being analogous to the carnal lusts or the carnal flesh or the carnal mind, the satisfying of the belly, the satisfying of the flesh, which was temporal. He was willing to sell his birthright and he said, what is it to him? That was the heart that he had been fashioned to have. He'd been constructed to have because this is Yahweh's story to his good pleasure. And he gave Jacob the heart to want the birthright and desire it and go after it. And Esau, the heart to not care anything about it. Now that's really, um, and when, when, when Yahweh brought that back to my remembrance that Esau had sold his birthright, he gave it up. Then I understood what Yahweh was showing when he made that statement. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Everything that they did thereafter showed for that election, which is very a very powerful testimony to me. So is the testimony of Joseph. And I'm going, well, Joseph, he was the youngest, again, of the progeny of Jacob, that one that we're just talking about, whose name was changed to Israel. And he's a youth. Now, in the Bible, we think youth, they'd be talking about like the kids at this time. When he was being told of Yahweh in a dream, 
that he was going to take a position with his brethren, that their sheaves bowed down to his sheaf. And they looked at him and they said, you little punk. <laughs> or, you know, I, they just was like, how dare you say, we're going to bow to you. Now he's a, he's a youth. He's not telling them that as if uh, he he's trying to take some stance over them. He's telling them that because that's the dream he had. This is what he had. And that's just what it, you know, he's telling them what dream he had. Yahweh gave that to him. And Yahweh brought it to pass, just like he said, Joseph being made the prince down there in Egypt for Yahweh's good pleasure, which he had pronounced to his brethren when he revealed his identity to them. After all the evil that they thought to do to him, he says to them, Yahweh brought me down here to preserve life. See, his purpose being operated, being, being he's operating his purpose to his good pleasure. But this is what transpired within the assembly. He's fashioning that assembly. So he has to cause those souls to go down into Egypt to multiply. He's fashioning that assembly, that bride, just like he fashioned that bride when he took that rib and womb from Adam. This is an analogy of the bride, the spiritual bride that he fashioned. Yahweh Elohim fashioned this assembly from the foundation of the world. And he was going to make that assembly fit for him. They are going to serve him, obey him. They are his offspring. Born of him. So Yahshua Messiah says to Nicodemus in John third chapter, except you be born again or born from above, you will not enter into the kingdom. That's what, these are the things Yahweh has on my mind about what that actually means. We had a question in Southfield branch about what happens when we die. But the follow-up question was, well, how are we to live? Mm -hmm. in this life before we die and Yahweh's had that question on my mind and the devil's doing everything he can to distract me from it to the point of driving me to exhaustion like right now I'm so tired but I'm also so thankful and I think about this throughout the day mm -hmm. I'm so thankful because people are in bondage to fear they're in bondage mm -hmm. to fear Mm -hmm. And our, our, the thought that what's happening in this organization is no different than the Roman Catholic Church hang, hanging over their laity, the fact that they have to pay indulgences mm. for the blessing of God. I would have never thought in a million years that the same thing would be happening in this school. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. And it, it deeply pains me that this is Yahweh's purpose. That's right. And he, and, and he talked about this with the assembly. He talked about this. 
Because see, um, I want you to get this right quick. Get Romans 10 and start in, in Romans 10 where it says, how can they believe except they be, you know what? See, these, yeah. these scriptures are just, they're heavy. <laughs> but I have to, there's so much in them, but I have to cut it off at a point. I want you to start where it says, how can they believe except they hear or, you know, except it be right. preached. That's where I want you to start. Romans right. 10 and but start a couple of verses before that, because it says before that, so that all those that call upon the name of Yahweh shall be saved. But how and can they call him? Okay, right there. Yep, 13. Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of Yahweh shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they, not, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Esau, Isaiah saith, Yahweh who hath believed our report so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of Yahweh. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that, that are no people and by a foolish nation, I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto the disobedient and gainsaying people. Now I want to go back to where you started, 13, because this whole part here. It's talking about what happened with that assembly. Mm -hmm. They were okay. given the truth. It's mm -hmm. like Esau had that birthright. Mm -hmm. Look at what Yahweh's saying here. Mm -hmm. Read 13. the 13 again. For, for whosoever shall call upon the name of Yahweh shall be saved. Now look at that. Look mm -hmm. at what happened with this teaching. And I won't say this teaching. I say this organization mm -hmm. that was entrusted with this teaching. Hmm. And you have a pandemic, COVID-19, that's running rampant throughout the world. And the, one of the primary features of that pandemic is that it constricts the breath. Mm -hmm. and takes that name of Yahweh that you breathe and pray ceasing, unceasingly out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. Now that is a 
physical reflection of what has transpired spiritually throughout this world that the name of Yahweh has been hidden, has been taken, has been discarded for other uh, declared suitable uh, substitutes. In the nations that has happened, and now in, in this organization that has happened. Mm -hmm. So now that COVID-19 had to ravage the world. A manifestation of this. And this is a repeat because Yahshua said in Jeremiah 23, 23, that the prophets prophesied lies and caused the people to forget their, his name. So that's what Paul said. All they that call upon the name shall be saved. Now look at this. Here you have mm -hmm. an that was entrusted with it. They were given it. They knew the name. And then Paul goes through, but how can they call on him and whom they've not heard? That's not what happened. You heard it. Right. So as you go all the way down where Paul is talking about, he's talking about that from that assembly of Israel. That was the physical assembly of Israel that corrupted themselves. And Yahweh said he's going to make a uh, make them jealous by those that didn't even seek after him. He's going to the Gentiles with the truth. Now, it's amazing what Yahweh has done with these Zoom classes broadcast over the free medium of YouTube. The access that has been gained from those all over the world that want to know something about Yahweh. You don't want to know something about Yahweh. That's fine. He will replace you like he did those Jews, disbelieving Jews. He replaced them with believing Gentiles. <laughs> now, not all of the Jews that were called were cut off. A remnant was left behind that wanted to know about Yahweh and kept to those things that the Moses and the prophets had told them what happened with this Messiah. But they were a remnant of the greater assembly of Israel who had abandoned it. And the larger portion of the Gentiles that came in to replace them that had abandoned it. Yahweh does know what he's doing. Do you see the numbers of those in this organization now that want to adhere to those things are, are, are very small and even dwindling because of this COVID now. So many people are out there have broken off and left. And I got a tree in my office that testifies to this. It's an amazing thing. We had this tree in our um, Brant school. Before the COVID, the tree was thriving. It uh, had leaves, it was full, it was green, it was just alive. And the COVID hit and closed our building and people forgot about the plants in the building. Mm. So the tree just withered. Mm. And when we finally moved out of the building because of the COVID, we're not, um, they weren't going to make modifications to the building's um, ventilation system. 
we weren't going to sign a new long-term lease about it. So they closed the building. And we were cleaning out the building and this tree is nearly dead. Most of the leaves that were in the middle of the tree, the fullness of the tree had fallen off and died. There were leaves at the top of the tree that were still green, but they were hanging down like they were tired or hadn't gotten enough water. <laughs> then there were leaves at the bottom of the tree closest to the root that were new growth. And they were just, those leaves were just as up and green. And I took the tree to the office. I remember what the tree looked like and I thought, my goodness, look at this. All the pretty leaves that were on that tree just gone, except for the top and the bottom of it. All those in the middle, they didn't make it. So Yahweh has told us about straddling the fence, right? Mm -hmm. That's being in the middle. And so the top of the tree represents the elders. That's the oldest part of that tree. And it's still thriving. It even has some new growth. But if you look at this tree, I have a picture of it, but I, I'm not sharing it with everybody right now. But you know, you look at this tree, the top leaves of the tree are drooping, but they're there. Mm. It's still attached, but they're drooping. And I can't figure it, that out because the type of tree this is, I have another one, another plant that's turning into a tree. The leaves don't droop, but these leaves are drooping at the top. Now the bottom of the tree, which represents the newest portion of the tree, that portion of the tree is unbelievable. It is, it was, from the time I brought it, it was, it was bright, it was up, it was reaching for the sun. And since I've had it in my office, I have like 30 plants in my office, I've watered this tree and this tree, that bottom portion of that tree has just grown and it's just as green and it's just as bright and it just reaches for the sun. And I said, now that bottom of that tree are the new people, mm -hmm. the young ones that wanna know about Yahweh. And they just thrive. We're on YouTube now, we ain't gonna be able to. They're just thriving, they're just coming, they just wanna know, you understand? And even those mm -hmm. that are coming back, they're bringing people. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. And the fact that this is happening without a physical location is happening in the cloud. Right. <laughs> so in the spirit, this is happening. And that tree to me represents that. Hmm. You know, Yahweh does not lose one. If you don't want to be a part of this, he can replace you. And that's what happened with Israel because they were disobedient, gay, same people. And so you see what happened in this organization. These folks wanted the comfort of the admiration of people and sold their birthright for that. Mm -hmm. This is the assembly that Yahweh called into himself, see? But see, not all is lost. There, there's a remnant that wanted to maintain and keep, they wanted that birthright. They wanted the blessing of the Father. And so Yahweh took them and he's fashioned them 
along with the new people that are being gathered out of the world. He's fashioning an assembly fit for him in faith. And has fashioned that assembly. It's not a going to thing. He has done that. That faith that's in, without which it is impossible to please Yahweh. Impossible. You couldn't have faith in the power of the gospel to transform your soul from death to life. You didn't have faith in that, so you gave it up. And now you pay money for filth, just like you did when you were Catholic. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. It's horrible. But I have to remember the story. I have to remember what Yahweh has said and that he will be victorious in this. So go back to Ephesians. I ran through that in Romans, so I'm not going to go back and read it. But I'm glad you read that from the King James Version because it makes an important point. Faith comes by hearing. Mm-hmm. And hearing, however, comes by the word of Yahweh. That's him fashioning that assembly to be fit for him. He gave them the ears to hear, like he gave Jacob the heart to want that birthright, like he gave Joseph the heart to forgive his brethren because he saw the purpose of Yahweh and that Yahweh made that to happen for good. He's fashioning his assembly and multiplied them after that, after they came down there. He orchestrated that. So I have to know and believe that what Yahweh has in store, I was listening to that in Dr. Kenley's lecture again. I wanna go back to Ephesians, so don't let me forget that. I'll close out with that. But I was listening to Dr. Kenley's lecture when he said he made what he made for those that love him. Your eyes have not seen, ears have heard, but he has revealed it by his spirit, what he has prepared for them that love him. And Dr. Kenley commented, he said, your wildest imaginations couldn't come to it. It's it's that magnificent. So I have to know and trust that Yahweh will bring his, that he will keep his, first of all, and that he will bring his through that fire to that ultimate reward that he has prepared for them, that love him, he said. And I think it's in that scripture lesson. Go back to the scripture lesson and read about and read what it says. Well, Paul is saying that Yahweh has done this with the assembly in love, like Adam loved that woman, like Yahshua loved the bride assembly that he died for it, that Yahweh so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that the world through him might be saved. He opened a way of salvation. Go ahead and read um, Ephesians. Back where you left off. Where did we leave off? <laughs> that was like think... five or seven. <laughs> yeah. Started seven, five. I think. Yes. Started five again. Okay. Five. Having predestinated us onto the adoption of children by Yahshua to himself, 
according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Yahshua, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Yahshua, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. There you go. I'm sorry, Roxanne. Mm -hmm. But that's what transpired. We believed the report. Mm -hmm. We were given ears to hear. We were given a heart to receive it. And we believed the report. And he talked about, we, we read just two verses up, talk about him manifesting the mystery of his will to us. And this is, this is hearkening to what it says in Revelation that he would give you to partake of the hidden manna. So he gave us to partake of the knowledge of his will. That's amazing. And the power of Yahweh will continue to bring about Yahweh's purpose as he has said. Nothing is going to hinder it. Right? I forget that. I become weary. You understand? Mm -hmm. And I have to, Yahweh, bring it back to my remembrance. And I keep saying I got to listen to more class. And so I, too, have been just enriched by what Yahweh has allowed us to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it may not be that we ha are, are given this to do to the end of the age. It may not be that. But where we have the opportunity to do it now, we, we want to do that. We want to be obedient. We want to be obedient. And the, the, the thing that it has to be your heart, it has to be that you want the blessing of the father. It can't be that you want glorification of yourself. It can't be that you want a position for somebody to look up to you. It has to be that you want the blessing of the father, the heart that Jacob had and the heart that Joseph had. Remember how Jacob loved him so much and how that heart manifested in Joseph to forgive his brother and what they had done. To me, Joseph is one of the more, one of the most beautiful stories in there. It's just a beautiful story and an absolute reflection of the Messiah. Like what he did on that cross when they brutalized him, he said, Father, forgive them. 
Now, that's what Paul reiterated as well. So you forgive one another as Yahweh forgave you. That's hard to see right now. What's going through my mind is a whole lot of get them, Yahweh. You understand? This is this is what Yahshua endured, this persecution of his own brethren. This is what Paul endured. This wasn't, it wasn't the Romans doing that to him. It was the Jews doing that to him. Putting him in bonds and bringing him before Festus and, and Agrippa, accusing them of being people that wanted to overturn, overthrow the king. You keep those things in mind. There's something. But we, we have to go through the persecution for the love of the truth. We have to go through the persecution. And then you go back and you read what Paul and them endured. Not, yes, but Peter and John. I was reading that, a snippet of that um, in uh, Acts, the fourth chapter. But I was trying to find the scripture where the high priest I think it was Caiaphas. When he said to the scribes and Pharisees about Yahshua and the Messiah, because they were plotting to kill him. And he told them, now listen, we've had those before that were Messiahs and we know that their doctrine came to naught. So we know that if they aren't the true thing, their doctrine's not going to go any further. But if he is the, the real thing, you take heed to yourselves, you see. And so those 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 um, apostles, those disciples, and apostles saw what Yahshua suffered. They saw him put to death, and then they saw him resurrect. See, they saw the power of Yahweh to overcome death, and they were emboldened so that such that when and they spoke, Peter and John, about the man at the gate, beautiful. And before those elders of Israel, they said, be it known unto you all by the name of Yahshua Messiah, does this man stand before you holy? Neither is there salvation in any other. There mm -hmm. is no other name given among men under heaven whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua Messiah. And he said, must be saved. And they looked at them and they saw the boldness of Peter and John, it said. And they threatened them not to preach in that name. And they said to them, now, should we obey Yahweh or obey you? You judge. What are you, crazy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Right. Your heart has to be that you want the blessing of the Father. And you go back and read in, in, in the fourth chapter of Acts the rejoicing of the assembly after they were let go. Mm. You see? And you read in Acts the 26th chapter about Paul suffering his persecutions. And they walked up this before the 26th chapter. It's, it's before that, but I can't remember what scripture it was where he Maybe it is the 27. Well, they walked up and smacked him in the face. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm a Roman. What you doing? They said, whoa, wait a minute. He's a Roman. <laughs> We're in trouble. And he, he appealed to, to Caesar. So that's how he got to Rome. 
It was Paul that went to Rome because he appealed to Caesar about what the Jews were doing to him. And he had his testimony before Festus and Agrippa. And Festus said, much, much studies made you mad. He said, I'm not mad. He said, Agrippa, you know what I'm talking about. You almost believe. You understand about Yahshua Messiah. He had full confidence. He had seen some things with Yahweh. You understand? He, he had been converted, knocked down on the road, and, and saw that vision. That was it. And Dr. Kelly talked about that oftentimes. He said, I've seen this vision. I will not take it back. You understand? These things are true. And he came against severe persecution himself. Dr. Kelly, but they couldn't do nothing with that man. You're not going to stop what Yahweh's doing. So what happened with Paul when he was taken in bonds and he was uh, taken to uh, Rome Five minutes, Dr. Brazil. Thank you. It said that he preached for two years. He's supposed to be in custody. <laughs> he was in his own house preaching for two years and they ain't bother him no more. <laughs> you see, that's the Elohim we're talking about here. That if Yahweh has endorsed it, if he's given his anointing, if that's what he's purposed, ain't nothing going to hinder it. Right. You just don't know what you're coming against. Mm -hmm. And then I don't read. Well, I had to go back and look at this, but I wonder their hearts when they were suffering this persecution. You know? They didn't. I don't. You know, I had to look at it. What heart were they given? The same heart Yahshua had? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know, and like Paul said, I travail and birth with you again. He wanted to try again to help these people understand. It's something. Mm -hmm. So I meditate on those things. That's what I'm, what does it mean to live? How do you live? Peter talked about you uh, spend your time here in fear. You be respectful to power of Yahweh. That he could cut you off if you don't believe just like he cut them off. Don't get beside yourself. Stay humble and prayerful to Yahweh as a servant to Yahshua Messiah. And I do believe his power will manifest with the sons to preach this gospel. So I'm done. I hope you got something out of it. I didn't get through the rest of Ephesians, the first chapter, but I think you got the gist. Mm-hmm. All praises to Yashua Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Brazil. Our next speaker will be the Dean from the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe. Good evening, everyone. I want to say that I was thoroughly moved by the many comments that Dr. Brazil just talked about and brought to our attention because there's a myriad, a myriad of uh, things that we can springboard off of from what she said and uh, try to understand even further. Now I'm going to start out with uh, something she talked about in the beginning of her discourse. I want to talk about 
the whole concept or idea that we uh, that has been presented by her and us as well many times the concept of the bride because that's a very important aspect of this teaching to uh, really come to grips with and understand how that's working uh, within each and every one of us now I want you to go to Matthew 11:27 to start with and I want to take some examples of a few things. I want to develop that, and then I want to move into other areas uh, that uh, Dr. Brazil also mentioned. Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Now, Yahshua is talking about how everything has been delivered unto him, and how that uh, no man knows the Father, nor does anybody know the Son. Only the Father knows the Son, and only the Son knows the Father, and to whomsoever the Son will reveal him to. Now, here's what we have to understand that Yahshua did not arbitrarily of his own, quote, free will, go around deciding who he would reveal the Father to. Now I want to go back over to the 17th chapter of John, and I want to talk about uh, a few things in that chapter that also uh, was referenced tonight. Uh, I want to go to, let me pull up my Bible as well so I can be right there. We can't read the whole chapter. So I want to make sure we get right to uh, what I'm after here. First of all, let's just go ahead and start at 1, and then we're going to jump down. John 17 and 1. These words spake Yahshua and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Right there. Now, right and there, he said, well, excuse me, okay. right there, Yahshua said that he has given him power over all flesh. And we read in Matthew that Yahweh uh, delivered uh, all power to him, uh, both in heaven and earth. And now he's saying, Thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as the Father has given him. Now, in other words, he can only give eternal life to the ones that the Father has given him. And then he goes on to describe or mm -hmm. explain what eternal life is. Go ahead and read. Three, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true Elohim and Yahshua, whom thou hast sent. Now, eternal life, eternal life, is for you to know the Father and the Son. We read that no man knows the Father except the Son or save the Son, and no one knows the Son except the Father and to whomsoever he shall reveal him. Now what we found out is that he's going to give eternal life to as many as the Father has given him. Now, and then he explains what he's going to give. He's going to give them an understanding or a knowledge of Yahweh and Yahshua. In other words, the Father and the Son. That's what is eternal life is. But that revelation of the Father, even and re the revelation of the Son, 
is only given to those that the Father has given him. Now, I want you to go down, hang on, because we can't read this whole thing. Uh, start, uh, go down to 6 now. John 17 and 6. <clears throat> I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Now there, there and again, there again, he said that he manifested his name only to the ones that the Father gave him. Now that doesn't mean when we say he manifested his name that the whole world did not have a manifestation before their own eyes, but truthfully, no one really understood the manifestation except those that it was revealed to. So here the Son say, is saying that he, uh, he said, I have manifested thy name. Now how he's manifested the name of Yahweh is the name Yahshua means that Yahweh is salvation. So therefore he is manifesting salvation to the ones that are going to receive salvation. Keep reading. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Read. Now they, now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. Go ahead, read. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, mm -hmm. and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst sent me. Read. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Now listen, Yahshua, listen, listen, Yahshua only praying for the ones that the Father has given him, that have received his words. In other words, that have been given a revelation of the Father by him, by permission of Yahweh to give that revelation. So what I'm showing you here, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that Yahweh, when we read in Ephesians, the first chapter there, that we were chosen in him from the foundations of the world, we understand that Yahweh has a purpose and operation that was set up right before anything was brought into existence. And that purpose is going to be carried out by his son. Now, I want you to go to John now. I believe it's either the fifth or the sixth chapter. Let me let me see. Let me go over there. I want you to pick up in John where he says the son can do nothing of himself. That's what I'm after. And I want to say it's in John six, but I I could be wrong about that. If anybody knows where it is. Uh, no, it's five and nineteen, I believe. Alrighty, that sounds that sounds it. Yeah, go ahead, and read that, please. I'm gonna have to pick it up at eighteen. Therefore, All right. the Jews sought to more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that Yahweh was his father, making himself equal to Yah with Yahweh. Then answered Yahshua and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son cannot do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. All right, now, now what we just read there is that Yahshua is only doing what the Father showed him. 
nothing more right. or nothing less. Now, let's make sure that we are on the same page of understanding this. Now, Yahshua, when he said this, was walking around, obviously, in a physical body. Get me up, pull up for me real quick, Greg, the, the names chart, please. Now, in the names chart, uh, we see that we have the breakdown of the name Yahweh, then the uh, title Elohim and Yahshua. And under Elohim, we see word or son written. To indicate, for us to understand, that the son of Yahweh is that superincorporeal form. That's what it says right next to son, superincorporeal form. Now, here they wanted to stone Yahshua because he said he was the son of Yahweh. Now that's because Yahshua and Elohim are one in the same. And Elohim is the son that only does what the Father has showed him. Yahshua vocalized that, but truthfully everything that Elohim does down through your Bible is only what the Father showed him. Now, let's go back over for a minute to the Garden of Eden, if you would. You can go to the elementary chart or whatever chart you want to use that illustrates the Garden of Eden. And I want to talk about, just for a minute, a couple of things concerning that Garden of Eden. Now, I want you to go to Genesis 1, and uh, I don't know if it's around 26. Uh, uh, let's see. It's where he talks about he may you know uh, let's see here I'll, I'll 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 be right there I'm going into it right now my own self. I think it's you mean around man in the image. Yeah, uh, I want you to start. Yeah, I want you to go ahead and start at twenty six. That's exactly what I want. Genesis one and twenty six, and Elohim said, "Let us make man in our image after our likeness." Now stop, stop, stop for stop for a minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I think there's a delay in my uh, microphone. I understand when I say stop, you don't hear it for a couple of seconds, but uh, I want to I break this apart as we're going along. So what I want you to understand is this. We know that Genesis is written as a result of a vision that was imparted to him by Yahweh on top of Mount Sinai while he was up there in that cloud. Now what I want you to know is when he makes the statement and he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. The us is not him and Moses. When Yahweh Elohim says this, he is not discussing him and Moses making a man in his image, their image and likeness for this reason. Because Moses did not have a woman inside of him. He was the male counterpart of mankind. I'm talking about Moses now. While as Yahweh Elohim is both male and female. So the long-standing question that has been worked with in recent times is who is the us that is being referred to here? And there was a transcript, I know Carl Emler has gotten into this before, where Dr. Kinley talked about the us's Yahweh and Elohim. Because Yahweh is in Elohim, and Elohim is in Yahweh at the same time. Now, what we have is that when 
Elohim creates Adam. He makes Adam both male and female. Now remember, uh, you're still in Genesis, the first chapter. Keep reading where you were, please. And Elohim said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So Elohim created man in his own image. In the image of Elohim created he him, male and female created he them. Read. And Elohim blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish now, the earth and subdue it. All right. Now here's what we're, look, we're, we're reading now. That first of all, he made man in his own image and likeness, male and female created he them. Now we know that when Adam was made, Eve was not taken out of Adam at that point. We also know that when Yahweh gave the commandment to be fruitful and multiply, Adam could not do that while the woman was within him. Therefore, the woman has to be brought forth right out of the man. Now, uh, I, I don't want to drag all this out, uh, but in the second chapter, well, let's just go to the second chapter of Genesis for a minute. In the second chapter, I want to I want to get down here because we can't read everything and possibly uh, get through the what I want to get to in the amount of time we have. All right, I'm in the second chapter and I want to go to. Uh, let's see, probably. All right, well, no, we're going to pick it up. Start at 18. Genesis 2 and 18. Yep. And Yahweh Elohim said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. All right, and now listen. Listen, now, Rhonda referred to that. And I want to talk about that for a minute because... Uh, he said it's not good for the man that he should be alone. Well, having the woman in him, he is not able yet to bear any offspring. And he was commanded to be fruitful and to multiply. Now, what happened is we have this. He said, I will make a helpmeet for him. So go ahead and read 19. 19. And out of the ground Yahweh Elohim formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Read. And Adam gave, and Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found they help me for him. All right, now listen. Yahweh paraded all the animals in front of Adam. And Adam named all of the animals, the creation. And he was preeminent above all of them. And that sets up how Yahshua is going to be preeminent over all creatures. Uh, but I'm going to, I don't want to jump ahead yet. So what we got then is we got Adam naming the, the, the uh, animals, and afterwards it says that there was not found a helpmeet for him. In other words, a helpmeet would be someone that he would be able to produce offspring with, someone that he would be able to fulfill the commandment to be fruitful and multiply. He couldn't do that with a cattle or any of the other creatures, and we know biologically that won't work. So what we have then is... Yahweh then puts him in a deep sleep, 
and takes the woman out of his side, which is where his ribs are, and formed the woman from his own body. Now, I'm saying that for this reason. The mother of all living. We know that when a woman is born into this world, she has in her ovaries all of the eggs that will ever be produced are there at birth that can be fertilized and bring forth offspring. Now likewise, what we find is this then. We find that when Yahweh formed Adam, Adam was both male and female, and there's a commandment. If Elohim gave a commandment to Adam and told him to be fruitful and multiply, we read that the son can do nothing but what the father shows him, and we ask, well, why did he give him that commandment? The answer is because the father gave the same commandment to him. Elohim is to Yahweh what Adam is to Elohim. Elohim is the son of Yahweh, and Adam is the son of Elohim. Elohim makes man after his own image and likeness, male and female, and therefore he has to take the woman out in order for that commandment to be fulfilled because he can't bring forth fruit without the woman taken out of him. Now the word sex, when we call about the male sex and the female sex, sex means to divide. So Adam was divided from, both, from male and female, and the woman became separate from him, yet joined together to him in another bond, where he could then produce offspring through her. Now that's because when Yahweh gave the commandment to Elohim, he is both male and female. And just as the bride of Adam was contained within him, the bride of Elohim is already in him from the beginning. Now that bride has to come out of him. And Yahshua then possesses the power to impregnate that bride that she might bear offspring. And the bride are the souls of the elect that will receive the Holy Spirit and become new creatures. That's the bride or the assembly as we call it or the church. Now all of those souls were in there from the beginning. And those souls were already foreordained to be impregnated with the Holy Spirit, or as he says in uh, uh, the 17th chapter of John, to be given the words of eternal life. Now watch. What I want you to understand is this, that Yahweh in pure spirit is male and female himself in principle. And just like the woman is taken out of the side of Adam and divided, then Yahweh has to divide the female aspect of him right from within himself, and that is Elohim. Elohim, I know that you have to be able to work these principles, Elohim is the bride of Yahweh who is capable of bearing offspring. <laughs> I know that I know that sounds crazy, but I want you to understand from the standpoint that Elohim sent in to bear children. That's what Yahweh wants Elohim to do. Get me the bedsheet chart, please. We got a purpose going on here, and it's all a reflection of Yahweh and his son, and what the purpose of the son mm -hmm. is. Because Yahweh desires offspring to make himself known to his creatures. 
and he has to have a bride in order for that to happen. So he has to divide right within himself the male and female, just as the woman was divided from Adam, yet they are still connected. Therefore, Yahweh has to divide Elohim out of himself in order for Elohim then to bear the souls or carry the souls of all creatures that will come forth and be able to be impregnated and receive the Holy Spirit and become a creature that is acceptable to Yahweh. Now, on that chart at the top, we see the first plate there is... Elohim, who is now in shape and form, as Yahweh, uh, as, as Dr. Kinley once said, that Yahweh formed Elohim and then went out of the creating business. Now what the son does is he duplicates that. Elohim does the same thing. He forms the man from the dust of the earth. Now we could say the dust of the earth is analogous to a cloud. And that the man comes into shape and form from that which is contained within the dust of the earth. He's coming from an abstract in shape and form state to a shape and form state. I'm talking about Adam now. Adam is put into shape and form from the dust. You couldn't look at the dust on the ground and draw me a picture. Well, there's, there's Adam right there. He has got to put that into shape and form, and then that form now has a job to do, that is to bear offspring. Therefore, Yahweh is able to take of his own attributes and organize those attributes into such a configuration that they will demonstrate him in pure spirit and be a manifestation of him and be able then to bear fruit or bring forth offspring. Now, oh my goodness gracious. I know I opened up some things here, but I want you to understand this. Yahshua just keeps showing me these things of how this whole purpose ultimately ties into both the Father and the Son. Everything is tied into pointing out the relationship between the Father and the Son. And that's why that's your eternal life, is to know the Father and the Son. Because the, the purpose is pointing to the Father and the Son. And that's what uh, John 17, 3 is talking about. That this is life eternal, to know the Father and the Son. Therefore, when you come into this class, Dr. Kinley took that first aim and said that uh, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he actually is and truthfully exists. Now, we are learning about Elohim in that we are learning about shape and form and then him operating through the purpose, but we have to be able to also see how that reflects Yahweh as well. Because the job of the Son is to make known the Father to those creatures that he has foreordained and chosen right within the Son. And we, ladies and gentlemen, have been called according to the purpose. Your soul was set up from the moment you came into this life. Your course that you walked, everything that molded what you call you, was being set up to be brought down to this teaching and then be transformed to be uh, changed into a creature that would reflect the divine nature. That's exactly what we have happening here, is that we are now the prodigy that Yahweh has uh, sent the Son into the world to gather us and to impregnate, impregnate us and cause us to become a new creature in Yahshua the Messiah.
Now, so what we really have happening is this assembly that is being set up. And this assembly, ladies and gentlemen, which is the church, is the true body of Yahshua. Now, it strangely enough, Dr. Kinley told me one time there was a, a conversation where somebody had asked him why he didn't name this organization the Church of Yahshua rather than the Institute of Divine Metaphysical Research. And this is what Dr. Kinley told me he answered him. He said, now, the school was set up that anybody could choose to be a member of it. They could join this school. They could be, by attending so many classes, an actual bona fide member. He said, but now, the body of Yahshua, which is the true church or the assembly, he said, you got no choice about being a member of that body. He said, you have to be born into it, and you got no more choice about being born into the body of Yahshua or that family than you did your own physical family. Now, you are called according to the purpose. You were chosen in him from the foundations of the world. And the Holy Spirit literally leads you into this teaching, brings you down to class, and you're not even conscious of how that spirit is moving you and bringing you down here and setting you down in a chair to cause you to be, as it were, planted in this gospel and to become a son of Yahshua. People, there are many people that right. have come down the class. They've come down here with the intent to try to argue about it, to disprove it. And after sitting and listening, they realized they had no ability to disprove it and that it was greater than anything they had ever imagined. You're led by the Holy Spirit down here. Now, what we have been taught down here, and is necessary in our development, is that we have to understand there's a mystery of iniquity that Yahweh had set up in this purpose. And that mystery of iniquity is so wimp, I'll put it that way. He's mighty in his ability for what Yahweh created him to do. And he is a persecutor. He is a murderer. He's a liar. He's a thief. And he wants to steal your eternal life and your inheritance. But that's not going to happen because Yahshua, right. when he puts a spirit in you, that spirit cannot be overcome by the devil. It cannot. And that's what that's what the, the whole story of Job is trying to show forth. Job was a man back there who escheweth evil, as it says in your Bible. In other words, he had the Holy Spirit in him at that time. And the devil said, well, let me at him. I'll break him. I'll make him curse your name. And Yahweh allowed the devil to go as, uh, uh, as far as, uh, but not take his life. He did many bad things to him, and then he went after him psychologically uh, that mystery of iniquity, and he could not break him and get him to blaspheme Yahweh. Now, Dr. Kinley used to talk about how that the war between the devil and Yahshua is a fixed fight, he used to say. And you know what a fixed fight is when you go in to see, oh, let's say two wrestlers, or you see two boxers, and it's already preordained or, or already determined who's going to win the fight. That's what they call a fixed fight. Now, there's no way the devil's going to win the war. There's no way he's going to win the fight against Yahshua. And that's right. why that's why Paul said, if Yahshua be with us, 
If Yahweh be with us, who can be against us? They can't win. Now they're trying to take us down, just like they did all the way down through the Bible, the mystery of iniquity, who was also a son of Elohim. Lucifer was created by Elohim, and he is a son, but he's the son of perdition. He's a son that is going to be destroyed. He is not a son that was chosen to be saved or to be transformed into a righteous uh, uh, inheritor of the kingdom. But nevertheless, he was a son. Now that son, ladies and gentlemen, is jealous and hates the son that is chosen. Now, now uh, 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 Rhonda just got done talking about Joseph. They hated Joseph because Joseph, you understand, was favored, first of all, by Israel, or Jacob, Israel. And then Yahweh kept giving him visions. Well, we'll call them dreams. And he innocently would go tell his brothers the dream, and of course the dream gave them uh, the uh, recognition that these dreams are saying that they would bow down to him and serve him, and they hated him for it. Now Yahweh set that all up. That wasn't by chance. Because Joseph was chosen to go down into Egypt and suffer many things at the hands of his brothers and then go to Egypt and suffer down in Egypt. And yet never lose his faith and never resign himself to hatred of his brethren. So that when the time came that his brethren had to go down there to survive, Joseph hid himself from them. And then, as you know the story, he eventually gathered them all together and revealed to them who he was. Then they were shaking in their boots because they said he's going to kill us. He has the power now for what we did. They, had, they recognized that what they did was wrong and they deserved to die, and, the, and that this one had the power to do it. But Joseph, because of love, told his brethren, no, everything that happened that you did was for the purpose of me coming down here to provide for you food and sustenance so you wouldn't die in this famine. And he wept. He loved them. And this, of course, would bewilder them because they could not, they themselves would have killed somebody that did, did what they did if it was done to them. But Joseph was being moved by the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen. And Yahweh set that up uh, to be a reflection of Yahshua the Messiah, as, as Rhonda so well explained. And I want you to know that our brethren in this school that were raised up right next to us, as Dr. Kinley taught. They are jealous of the revelation and understanding that you have, and they hate you for it. They hate you because you serve a master that they don't serve, and you won't serve their master, just as they hated Daniel, when Daniel wouldn't bow down to the image. <laughs> you won't bow down to these images. And you will be persecuted. But I want you to know that Joseph, even though he spent seven years 
uh, several years. I don't know. I say seven. I actually don't remember how long it was he was in jail. Uh, I know somebody told me it was quite a while, but several years in jail, whatever it was. I want you to know that Two Joseph, years. how long? How long again, Rhonda? Okay. Well, here's the point. At least two years. Okay, great. Now, even Daniel, they put him in a lion's den, which was sure death. And Daniel went in there without kicking. They didn't have to tie him up and while he was kicking and throw him in there. He went in there because he had faith that Yahweh would deliver him. Just as uh, 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 Joseph had faith while he was in prison, knowing at some point, the trusting that Yahweh would deliver him because he was innocent. And we have to have that same faith within ourselves when we are wronged and know that Yahshua will deliver us because our heart, they don't know our heart, ladies and gentlemen. They don't understand why we insist on preaching the gospel of the kingdom to the world as we were commanded irrespective of whether we will be, uh, uh, you, you follow, uh, ridiculed, uh, suppressed, made to be black sheep, laughed at, scorned, whatever these, whatever you want to call it. They can't understand why we have no fear, why we're not bowing to their authority. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. don't let that make your heart full of hatred and evil against them because I have to say this, I really feel sad for them because they don't know who it is that they are trying to suppress. They are not right. suppressing you and me. They're suppressing Yahshua the Messiah and the Holy Spirit, and it can't be done. Mm -hmm. We will mm -hmm. overcome, ladies and gentlemen. That is to say, Yahshua is the overcomer, and he will overcome this oppression, and the gospel will go out mm -hmm. with or without the school's blessing. Because we are sworn to that. And one thing I want to also make mention to you, when Dr. Kenley turned the deanship over in the year of 1971, I remember when the letter came, and Dr. Kenley said in that letter that he had turned the deanship over to Dr. Robert Harris. He said, but under no certain terms, for uh, he, he made the, the point, he said, but I'm still dean of the universe. Now, Dr. Kill Dr. Harris never took over the job of being dean of the universe. He only took over the job of handling the school and people coming to him with their problems, which Doc didn't want to be bothered with anymore. But doctrinally, that is the job of Yahshua himself. He is the one that controls the ebb and flow of doctrine. Not anybody in the school. Not me. Not Dr. Harris. No dean. No person. And we're willing to die for this teaching. We're willing to give up our lives. We're willing to be scorned and to suffer persecution for the excellency of Yahshua the Messiah. And, and why do we do it? To be, I know that it was told to me that uh, some people had said uh, in, the, uh, in that doctrine that I'm a rebel. That's why I'm doing it. Well, I want you to know this. I'm doing it for one reason and only. There's only one that I fear. I fear Yahshua the Messiah, and as Yahshua said, don't fear him that can kill the body, but fear him that can kill both the body and the soul. The only mm -hmm. one that can kill your soul is Yahshua. He's the only one that can send you to the lake. That's the one we fear. And we want to 
make sure that when we stand before him at the end and he takes an accounting that we can say that we have finished the course that we fought the good fight and we know that there'll be a crown laid up for us just as Paul said and Paul who was mighty in the eyesight of his countrymen the the uh, uh, Israelites and the Pharisees had to be scorned after that and accept the fact that he was hated by them but he did, didn't stop him from going out doing what he had to do because of the excellency of Yahshua Messiah and his kindness and mercy towards him he was willing to die for the truth and that's what we have to be willing to do to suffer whatever whatever happens knowing in the end Yahshua will he will deliver us and he will give us a crown of glory and we do it so that he will say of us when we stand there before him at the end of this age and give an account which Dr. Kinley said we're all going to have to do that he will say this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased that's what we want to hear that's what we care about that's what we're after we're not after their praise we're not after their honor and we're not after the honor of one another and I, I, I have to tell you this in all honesty ladies and gentlemen this teaching is so far above the ability of a carnal mind to comprehend the absolute beauty of it the absolute simplicity and love of that is encouraged and couched within this teaching that we that understand it realize how blessed we are because it's not given to all these people all the people that have ever sat up under it we know that many of these people were raised up under the same foundation that we were and yet they let it go they they threw it out they they discarded it and that to me is bewildering but when you think about it if Yahshua never revealed the reality of this teaching to them and it was just manifestations then they never understood the value of it to start with and you know there are people that have thrown out valuable valuable things in the trash and there are people that have called that they don't call them trash pickers they go around to auctions and places where people discard stuff and they buy stuff and they some people have bought this stuff and uncovered uh, something that was so valuable that it made the what their for the rest of their lives now they were wealthy because of what they now possessed uh, because the people that threw it out didn't know the value of it and Joshua tells the parable about the man who went out and found a pearl of great price in the field and once he found it he said he was willing to sell everything to retain it willing to give up everything and when the wealthy man came to Joshua and said uh, what he could do to be his disciple and 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 follow after him and Joshua said sell all that you have and give it to the poor and the man could not give up those things that he had in this life because he did not understand the value of what Yahshua was offering him the trade was a no-brainer to those that see you would give up everything and as Doc once said if you ever saw what is in store for you at the end of this age he used to call it looking through the uh, a knothole view 
of the new heaven and new earth state with that immortal glorified body that you're going to receive. If you got a, just a not whole view of it, you won't allow anything in this life to stand in your way of obtaining it. But people don't know the value of it. We are learning the value not just through uh, our interaction of of, of, of uh, topics, uh, 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 lectures that are being given on Zoom and at classes, but we're learning it because we see the whole world now is in a state of absolute dread and chaos, fear. People are walking around fearful. And I've been thinking all day about a person that was in last night's class. This was a fellow that was in class many years ago and had stopped going, not because he had any problem with class, uh, something caused him not to be able to go down the class anymore, and he never forgot class. And when class all of a sudden was being offered on Zoom, because he had moved out of the city where he was living in, where he now resides, there's no physical class there. But when he found out about Zoom, he came back into Zoom with his, I'm not sure if it's his wife or his girlfriend, and he gave a testimony last night how this teaching was so important to him and since he's come back he realizes how it's given him peace and stability in a world that is totally in chaos right now and people running around with fear wondering what's going to happen next and how much strength and peace this teaching is giving him. You can't tell me that these Zoom classes and YouTube classes have not had a positive impact on the souls that Yash was calling out of their darkness or, or their being away. They're like the lost sheep that Yashua talked about, where this gospel has found those people and brought them back to the teaching. And I was reminded last night as I was hearing this, back in the early 70s, Dr. Kinley had sent out a letter, and I was living in New York at the time, in the class that I belonged to at that point, which was Rochester, New York, he sent out a letter and he asked us to look up the names of the people that will no longer come to class in our attendance records and to send them a copy of a letter where Dr. Kinley personally asked them to reconsider and come back down to class. He wanted us to try to reach out for them and try to encourage them to come back down to class. And so when I read that parable where Yahshua talked to a man that had a hundred sheep and one of them was lost, he left the 99 to go after the one. That's exactly what our purpose here is to find that lost soul that is in Yahweh's purpose that is meant to receive the truth. And for there, as it was read tonight in uh, the 10th chapter of Romans, that they have a preacher that can tell them the things that this teaching has to offer that will give them faith and give them hope and trust in Yahshua and in Yahweh. We're, our job is to go out and bring those sheep back. And let me tell you this, this Zoom, this, this YouTube has can be judged truthfully by its fruit that it has borne. And the fruit that I see that has come forth with what Yahshua has given us during this pandemic you cannot, you cannot take away this teaching that we're doing over the airways, over the broadcasting, because the fruit 
is declaring the tree, whether it is a good tree or an evil tree. And Yahshua said, no tree by its fruit. And if you want to know if this is, should be sanctioned or whatever by the school, how could you not sanction it? But that's because we care about saving souls. And there are those that don't care about saving a soul because they don't believe in the salvation of a soul. And so what I can tell you is you cannot stop us. Nobody can stop us from the job that Yahshua has given us to do as ministers of the gospel to try to go out and look for those sheep, to go out and try to reach out to somebody that might come into this teaching. And our reward is when we see somebody that says, I see it. Oh, I, I, I understand. This is the greatest thing I've ever heard. That is all the reward that we want, that we need from those people for our, our uh, uh, endeavors to have this teaching. And I know there's people over the years that have said years ago we would travel the highways. We would get in our cars and drive many, many hours to have a class for one person. We didn't have internet back in those days. We would drive a whole day's drive to present this teaching to just one person. And I can name instances and I can name people. Because we That's understood... Right. We understood that the reward was to see a smile in that person's heart and the love of Yahshua come across their countenance. That was our reward, knowing that Yahshua was well pleased. And we're not going to stop it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I have to say this also as an admonition. Yahshua said, whoever does not gather with me is against me. Now, we are expected to gather. He's made us fishers of men. And he told us where to cast our net. In this case, it's the internet. We're casting the net, and we're pulling fish. I'm talking about souls of men into this teaching through the internet. And I want you to know that you're not going to take our net away from us. You can try to shut us down on, 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 on your own uh, organizational authority, and that won't stop us from setting up our own organization, if needs be, to go right back out there and preach the gospel. And that's just the way it's going to be. And I, we, right. do it, we do it because we love a soul. We have a love for, the soul, for a soul, for the saving of a soul. And we do it for you, too, because we love one another and we want to hold each other's arms up. We want to encourage you. We don't want you to be depressed like the world is right now. We don't want you to be discouraged. And the devil knows that if he can cut us off from having communication with one another, getting together in these formats, that he's going to have uh, an advantage on us. And Yashua's not going to allow it to happen. So in closing, I just want to tell you all this. Be of good courage. And keep your eyes on the sun during the storm. There was an old uh, parable that uh, our dean used to tell us back when I first came into class. And he talked about the eagle. That when the eagle was soaring on the winds, 
and saw the storm approaching, he could fix his eye on the sun and ride above the storm until the storm passed. And I want you to know, he used to tell us, when the storm comes, keep your eye on the sun. The sun is Yahshua the Messiah. Keep your eye on Yahshua, ladies and gentlemen. He'll lift you up on the wings of salvation. And as Yahweh Elohim told the Jews down there coming out of the land of Egypt, he said, I have delivered you on eagle's wings. With that, I want to say hallelujah and love to all the brethren. Thank you so much for the opportunity to address you. And I'll hand it back to the moderator. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Volpe. And we'll close with the doxology. Remind you that we meet Wednesdays at 7.30. And now unto him who is able to keep us from falling, present us spotless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua Messiah, sovereign, along glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time, now and ever. Let's the class say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.